Hello everyone, welcome to the season two, fifth episode of Ask Life. I'm your host, Helen. And I'm Ron. In each episode, we address life's most fundamental and important questions in an effort to provide fresh perspectives on our preconceived notions and understanding of reality through the teachings of the Bible. Today, we're going to start a series called, What Would You Ask God? So this is a What Would You Ask God series. This is for us to address questions that many believers and non-believers have about the Bible. I wanted to utilize uh, these episodes as a platform for people to ask those questions here openly. So feel free to email us questions about it. And this is um, one of the questions that we get quite often from many people. The question is, did God know that Adam and Eve would eat from the tree of knowledge of good and evil? Not the apple tree. <laughs> like many people. Actually, I was at a museum yesterday and then um, there was a, uh, a painting of who seemed like Adam and Eve eating from a tree. And then somebody commented, oh, look, that's the Adam and Eve an apple tree. It's like, nope, it's not an apple tree. It's the tree of knowledge of good and evil. It is not the tree of good and evil. It's the tree of knowledge of good and evil. That's the that's the correct terminology. It's not an apple tree. It's not an apple that they ate. <laughs> but the question is whether God knew that they would eat from it. And if he knew they would eat from it, why would he make it? Because he knew they were going to eat it and eventually commit sin and then cause all these chaos to happen after. Right? So that's the question we often get, and I thought it'd be kind of interesting to address it um, in this episode. We really don't know where this episode is going to lead us, because we haven't really rehearsed this one, but um, we're hoping that this will be helpful and informative. Ram, maybe you should walk people through this overall narrative because many people probably don't know exactly what happened because even the people who read the bible may not really understand exactly what happened in the bible when it comes to this is it a story i, I was i'll call it a story yeah because yeah. i think the bible is full of many different stories yeah um all put together yeah um, I, I guess I could say it in a very brief uh, or maybe a very high level point of view. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so maybe we should tell them where it is. So if they want to look into the Bible mm-hmm. and actually look it up themselves, you could at least tell them where to go. Yeah, for sure. Um, it's uh, Genesis. Chapters 2 to 3. Genesis chapters 2 to 3. That's where the story unfolds. So I could really start off by giving a very high-level uh, view of what happened. I guess we could start with Genesis one twenty-five, and this is where God said, Let us make man in our own image, according to our likeness. Let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, and over the cattle over all the earth and over every creeping thing that creeps on earth. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. So this is actually where, you know, everything gets mentioned. And um, 
you know, from there we go to Genesis 2 and 7. To, uh, ge- so from there we go to Genesis chapter 2, verse 7. And it says, The Lord God formed man of the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and man became a living being. So there's definitely a difference between these two these two verses, um, and this is something I, I believe we could get into a little bit later on. Um, but I wanted this to be known as we go towards the story of Adam and Eve. Um, so basically, the story of Adam and Eve goes something like this. So God plants a garden eastward in Eden, and there he puts the man who he had formed. And out of the ground, the Lord God made every tree grow that is pleasant to the sight and good for food. And the tree of life was also in the midst of the garden, and the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. So the Lord God took the man and put him in the garden of Eden to tend and keep it. And this is very important. The Lord God commanded this man, saying, Of every tree of the garden you may freely eat. But of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, you shall not eat. For in the day that you eat of it, you shall surely die. So from there, the Lord God said, It is not good that man should be alone. I will make him him a helper that's comparable to him. So God formed every beast of the field and every bird of the air and brought them to Adam to see what he would call them. So Adam gave names to all cattle, to the birds of the air, and to every beast of the field. But for Adam, there was not found a helper comparable to him. So the Lord God caused a deep sleep to fall on Adam and took one of his ribs and made it into a woman. And he brought her to the man. And Adam said, This is now bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman because she was taken out of man. So they are both naked and were not ashamed. From there, we go to Genesis chapter 3, where we talk about the temptation and the fall of man. So this is the story that everybody hears about Adam, the Eve, the serpent. Um, So let's start off at, at this part. So the Bible says, The serpent was more cunning than any beast of the field that God had made. And he said to the woman, Has God indeed said, You shall not eat of every tree of the garden? And the woman said, We may eat the fruit of the trees of the garden, but the fruit of the tree which is in the midst of the garden, God has said, You shall not eat it, nor shall you touch it, lest you die. And this is actually a very important part to see exactly, compare what the, I guess the woman who is called Eve later actually respond versus what God actually commanded Adam in the beginning. So this is a point I feel the listeners and readers should go back and uh, take a look and compare. And then when you actually read it, it's, it's very interesting. It's very hard to comprehend the words, even though it's written there. So I would say take a few passes at it and, you know, try to get a full understanding. Um, so the serpent responds and says to the woman, You will not surely die, for God knows that in the day you eat of it, your eyes will be opened, and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. So when the woman saw the tree was good for food, and it was desirable to make one wise, she took of its fruit and ate. She also gave to her husband, and he ate. 
Then the eyes of both of them were opened, and they knew that they were naked, and they sewed fig leaves together and covered themselves. They heard the sound of God walking in the garden, and Adam and his wife hid themselves. God called to Adam and said, Where are you? Which he said, I heard your voice in the garden, and I was afraid, because I was naked, and I hid myself. And God said, Who told you that you were naked? Have you eaten from the tree of which I commanded you that you should not eat? So Adam blamed Eve, Eve blamed the serpent, and God put a curse on them all. And that's a very, very high level, uh, maybe a little bit more in depth, but this is the story. There was a lot more in depth than I thought you were going to go because I thought it was going to be like a, like a one minute summary. I didn't know you were going to read all of it, but thank you for reading all of it. So yeah, this is, this is a question that a lot of people ask because this seemingly is sort of the beginning of you know, man's faith, right? So based on the Bible, because Adam commits this sin, then all his offsprings and, you know, all of his descendants, us included, we get introduced to this concept of sin and we become apart from God. And then this is why we don't have a direct relationship with God. This is why we're all in sin. And this is why we have to get our sins forgiven. And all this journey, the you know, this is happening in the second chapter of the Bible. The very second page and obviously everything thereafter all these things that Israelis go through and what we have to go through ultimately it's all born by this one incident so a lot of people's question become well if this didn't happen we would be living together with God perhaps maybe Adam and Eve will still be there and there'll be no issues but because of it there are all these like this concept of heaven and hell, asking for forgiveness. It seems like a lot of darkness fall upon us because of this one issue. And many also argue like, look, I wasn't there. I'm not Adam. I'm not Eve. I didn't commit those sins. Why do we have to pay for that? It is somebody else's mistake. And I'm just born and it wasn't my choice to be born. So why do I have to? If, if, you know, if they were to follow that logic, why do we have to pay for their sins? God didn't give me the command directly. If he didn't create the tree of knowledge of good and evil, then we wouldn't have this issue. So that's like the most basic question people ask. Even people who go to church, I think that they think about that, but they don't really question it, or maybe they do question it, and they just simply accept it. So that's what we wanted to talk about today. Did God know? If he knew, and, and many people believe that God is almighty and he can see everything, then why did he create this knowing that this was going to happen? And, and obviously, this is a much, much bigger topic than what we're addressing with you today. But, but we wanted to at least touch the surface of it. Like when you first read this, Ron, what did you think? Was- of course, the story itself was interesting. I, I would say everybody knows of this story, you know, even without reading the Bible. I've definitely heard of it many, many times, but... I think the meaning and trying to understand what it actually is trying to signify to us is, is it's very, very different. And I would say the, the first thing that we could actually discuss is, you know, what was the major takeaway um, of this command? I think that that'll be a good starting point for us. And, you know, God commanded Adam not to eat from this tree. And I think that, you know, me included, I think we, we focus so much on the actual act of eating 
from right. this tree. Because it seems like a very benign thing to do, yeah, right? Like, it's just like, don't eat this tree. Right. Like, <laughs> it wasn't like Adam committed a grave sin mm-hmm. and, you know, killed somebody or something horrific. It was basically eating from a tree. And why would that be the ultimate sin that, that makes you fall apart from God and, you know, be separated and be cursed for the rest of your life? Mm-hmm. And for many generations to come, it just seems like, isn't it such a small thing? Yeah, it definitely seems like a very small thing. But if you look at exactly what's happened in Adam's life till this point, you know, he was given everything. There was nothing that I guess it seemed like Adam wanted that he didn't have. He was able to do whatever he wanted. He had all the food in the world and God said just don't eat from this tree and I think most people tend to think that this tree is what is most important Um, and you know as we've learned through classes the, the tree itself is not the important part it's actually the command that God gave Adam it could have been anything you know anything in the world it could have been don't eat this tree or don't do this task but if you really think about it you know if you break it down in order a task if you said to somebody don't sleep right as a command that's something very very difficult you know or if you say don't breathe or don't look at this it's something that it's very hard for someone to do but if i said don't eat this You know, it takes a lot for you to go eat something, right? You have to see it, you have to pick it, or if it was a fruit or whatever it is, you have to go get it. Then you have to put it in your mouth, then you have to chew on it, then you have to swallow it, right? Isn't that something that that goes through so many processes in order for you to do? But, you know, that's why this command, in my opinion, was, was, was put in this form. But also, it's not so much like we we gauge the severity of crimes based on our judgment of each other, right? We say, oh, that that's okay, but this is not that good, or or that seems horrific, that seems horrendous. Well, this is not a big deal. This is why we have um, uh, Le Miserable, where we're like, okay, that's a seemingly very benign thing where he was punished too greatly, you know? But here, the concept is... God gave you a command. If you follow God, if you don't follow God and you go against what he says, that's the sin. Like if we were to really break down the concept of sin, it's not it's not what we think in this world. From God's perspective, you're within him or you're outside. It's very black and white. It's not a matter of whether you like that about God or not. This is the way it is. He, he says, don't do this. You do it then you're committing sin. If you do what he says, then you're within. It, it's not, I know a lot of people sort of don't like that aspect of God, but it's not a matter of your taste. This is the way the creator created, and this is the way he is. I don't know whether that's a concept that people can understand easily, but so the big picture is there's a command to a man, and if the man does not follow, then that's considered sin in terms of how God views things. So that's the big picture that he's trying to convey. What is really critical here, there's several things that are really interesting. One is the tree is not the tree of good and evil. Again, the tree is called the knowledge, tree of knowledge of good and evil. And if you think about what 
the serpent says this is another interesting thing which is i read this part of the bible many many times when i was younger i always thought oh my god that serpent if the serpent wasn't there to convince the woman or to fool the woman into eating it then the woman wouldn't have asked adam to eat it we always think the serpent is lying being like conniving and trying to tell us something and so we're like whenever we are falling into our trap we're like oh that's the serpent that's like tricking us but if you actually read what the bible says what's interesting is what the serpent says is true the serpent says that if you eat from the tree of knowledge of good and evil then your eyes will open you will be able to see you'll be able to see what good and evil is like god and you will not die so did adam and eve really die when they ate from it no they didn't die but what did god say you shall surely die yeah but they didn't die so if you really read it without any preconceived notions there should be something clicking in your head going wait a minute what god said didn't happen what the serpent said actually happened right so like that should be the first thing but most people are like serpent bad lying lying to the woman i can't believe he lied and of course god is right because we have this preconceived notion when we're opening the book of the bible we're like god must be right serpent must be wrong you know but it's not true they were both right they're just presenting different perspective of things from god's perspective the moment that you committed sin you were no longer with god and from his perspective you're just as good as dead and he's also talking about the eventuality of things god is a being who's not limited by time and space so there is no death to him he doesn't die he's always that being whereas we eventually die our body actually dies so when god's talking about that he's talking about in spirit his perspective is about spirit his perspective is eventuality of things because he's not limited by space and time whereas the serpent is talking about now and he's talking about our body our flesh so it is true the eyes were opened and they were now able to see the difference between good and evil whereas before they didn't really know good and evil and what the serpent says is actually really truthful if it says you will not surely die for god knows that the in the day you eat of it your eyes will be opened and you will be like god knowing good and evil so this is this is really interesting because what this says is that god knows both good and evil and before this happened adam and eve did not know both good and evil right this is what it says it also says it'll open your eyes like their eyes are open now but they don't know that they don't see so what the serpent says is actually true but it's a different perspective and what the serpent means by your eyes will open and you will be able to see you will be able to know what good and evil is and that's the key to this mystery of the tree of knowledge of good and evil because as soon as they ate from it as the serpent says they now know what good and evil is like god so to elaborate on helen's point the reason why they now know is because they have the concept or knowledge of both sides so i'm going to give you an example 
and this may help clarify a little bit of you know the both sides and the knowledge uh, of both sides in order to understand. So, let's just say in this world, you know, everybody was rich, everybody had all the money in the world, so there was no poor. Everybody was just rich. So in this world, if everybody is rich, do you think that rich would still be considered rich, without? Knowing what it means to be poor or having poor, there would be no rich. Everybody having money would just make it very normal. I would say, I mean, mm. it would be the, it would be the norm, just right. just like this whole thing with happiness. If everybody was always happy, and there was no sadness or anything else to feel that your happiness would just be your day to day norm. Right. So that's a, that's the thing. If that was your day to day and it was normal to you, you would not know. Kind of like Adam, right? And when Adam was living in the Garden Eden before all this, he was just li- he was living great. He had no idea of the other side, and you know there was n- nothing he couldn't have, and there was nothing he disobeyed or or did anything for him to understand what sin was. So the thing is, the the concept of sin, and that's why with the tree of knowledge of good and evil, because everything was good, and at that point he had a choice of something else that he had he knew nothing about. It was just something different. Like you can't even say it was evil for him. He didn't know it was evil. It was just something else. But then once he ate of it and disobeyed God's command, he knew automatically. Something he did something wrong. It's yeah, like because he covered himself. Yes. So right? uh, yeah. So that's another point we get into. So after that, as I read towards the end, you know, God walked in and was like, "Adam, where are you?" Right. And then they hid from God. But before that, they were all just naked, running around. They no yeah. care. We could we could touch we could touch on the yeah, the, yeah, the topic we'll of shame that. later. But mm-hmm. the bigger concept is in order for there to be a knowledge of something, right? There has to be a difference. There has to be a spectrum. There has to be um, the opposites for you to appreciate the existence of that concept. So meaning like the very first thing that God on the day of the creation, the first day of creation, what did he do? Let there be light, mm-hmm. right? And then there was a separation between the concept of light and darkness. There wouldn't be light if there was all light. If there was no darkness, there's no light. You know, just like if everybody's pretty, like if you went to a party and there were all these super hot looking models and there was not even one person who was like ugly, then those people wouldn't be considered pretty. They would just be people, you yeah. know? Yeah. So same thing, like in order for there to be an existence of a concept, there has to be something that you can compare that to. And if you see in this world, there's nobody alike. No one alike in terms of the way they look. No one alike in terms of their abilities, because we're all limited by time and space. And this difference creates this concept of being poor, being you know snooty, being rich, and being entitled or humble. Like all these concepts that we know, they all exist in the context of the opposite thing. So we wouldn't be able to fully appreciate the value and the qualities of those things that exist in this world unless there was something opposite of it. So same thing, like it, Adam and Eve were together with God, but did they really know God? You know, they probably saw him, they were hanging out with him, but did they really understand God? Did they really appreciate God? What are they comparing it to? They were, they were created and they were always with him. 
So while God existed with them, God was really not God to them. God was somebody, there was another being. But there has to be knowledge in order for there to be appreciation and value for what they have. And this is the very, very beginning. So this is a concept that, that we can go back to where, okay, so God could have created a world where there was no tree of knowledge of good and evil and everybody was just happy. But could, is that really happiness? If everybody was living in Pleasantville and it was always 72 degrees outside, is that really good weather? Is there appreciation for good weather? There, was there a really appreciation for God and God being with us? Without that comparison, there's no real understanding. And this is why we start this whole journey with the Bible, with this tree of knowledge of good and evil. Yes, the tree of knowledge of good and evil um, basically puts the very basic form for us to understand, which is good and evil. This whole thing about God and did he know about this tree and why did he do it? You know, maybe it'll start to make more sense as you guys think about it. Um, Think about it from God's perspective or even any or even from your own perspective, right? Like, let's just say, you know, you you had you had somebody that always did what you wanted. Like you dated somebody who you could basically tell to do whatever. It's called a robot, by yeah, the way. Yeah, no, I was going to say that. Uh, <laughs> yeah, uh, if you robot had, doll. Yeah, if you had a robot. I don't know who has it. Oh, I don't know. <laughs> but let's just say you had a, you're had you dating somebody or you just had a robot. All they did was they were programmed to say yes to everything you wanted. You'd just be like, okay. Like, there is there's no worth in, in anything like that. Or relationship. Like, can you really have a relationship with something that always yeah. just did what you programmed it to do? Exactly. Well, which is also why, you know, God didn't program us like that. Like if you look at, yeah, if you look at all the animals, they, they all do what they have to do. They never say, oh, I'm going to choose something else. And, you know, us humans, we are definitely made differently. And as Helen said, we have free will. And that also gives us the free will to choose between being good or doing evil, right? And that's what I think is also very important to to realize is God wants people that really want to be with them, not because you are made to be with them. Then what will, that will be the purpose that there is no worth to that if you just made something that just did what you wanted, you know? Right, and if you just created it within the confines of there's no way for them to ever deviate. Yeah. So therefore, there's no never a way for somebody on the other side to really fully appreciate you and your worth and your value and your meaning. Yes. There was zero knowledge. Mm-hmm. So that's what Adam was. Right. Until <laughs> until this knowledge until this. entered until this. entered him. Yeah. So you know, I want listeners to think about it. If Adam was already like this, and you, what we just spoke about. Do you guys think that God knew what would happen if he created it like this? Right. You know, that's something where I feel like we gave you some pieces to this puzzle. I feel like you guys just need to make a click and see what your thoughts come and, around and to. And this is why, this, by the way, this topic is so big because there's so many things you can associate with this discussion. But, you know, this topic of like, let's say blind faith. And oftentimes we go to these religious institutions or organized religions where the leaders are infallible or where God is, you do not question. There's this concept of blind faith where you're like, you don't question God, you just follow him. But this is not what God wants. 
God wants us to have the knowledge so that we, as we go forward, we learn more. He doesn't mean that you, you know, you doubt everything about him, but you do question and you do understand as you go along, um, as you embark on this journey. So it's not, it's not just blindly believing whatever you're told. This is why we have the ability to reason. We have the ability to understand logic, unlike some of the other creatures in this world. It's, it's very important to also realize that with, with all the stuff that we're given and all the abilities that we're, that we're given or even born with, like the main thing that we're born with is a, a form of conscience, you know? And before this whole journey happens, um, or even you trying to find God, we do have a sense of conscience and you could see people in the world. Some people live with it and they exercise that ability and some people just completely ignore, ignore it. it yeah. but, how, but how do you expect to find God or really try to seek what is good and righteous if your basic your sense of consciousness is something you, 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 you just don't listen to conscience. on a day-to-day basis? How does right. that work? Yeah, if you don't... If you're not honest about that something inside you that says that's wrong. And if you ignore it often enough and it'll become dull and, and it's numb and you don't really feel anything. There's a concept of um, leprosy in the Bible that talks about this where things that should hurt you, things that should make you humiliated, do not make you feel like anything. You don't feel that pain. You don't feel that embarrassment. You know, when things that were supposed to be activated in us, they make us feel a certain way. When those are not activated, then then we have this disease. So like even my little niece, who's three years old, when she eats the extra chocolate that her mom told her not to eat, and I see her eating it, she immediately like goes to a corner and she hides and she opens that little candy wrapper and I'm like what are you doing Skyla I'm eating chocolate she's already whispering she's already hiding that extra chocolate you know because she knows that's not the right thing to do and who taught her who taught her she's supposed to hide when she's doing something like that nobody taught that that's innate that's within all of us Mm -hmm. and that's what makes us human and we need to listen to that we need to be like kids like yeah this is bad and I feel embarrassed and I feel like I should be hiding. I mean, we're not saying do bad things hidden. <laughs> we're, not, we're not saying that, but this is talking about the most basic foundation of who we are. And if you don't activate it, you can't really start this journey at all. At minimum, you need this. This at conscience. A minimum conscience. That's the second page of the Bible. So the first page is talking about the creation which is already created for us, the second page starts with our conscience. If we don't start this journey with us being honest with ourselves, right, then there's no journey at all because we have to start our journey as humans. Mm -hmm. And this is where we say we did something wrong or we're not something or we're weak or we're inadequate. Whatever that might be, we have to be honest with ourselves because that's what differentiates us and that's where God wants to engage with us. That's the beginning. Yes. And it's important to be honest with yourselves. I know it's not easy to to see all the the ugly traits and be truthful with yourself, but it is important. But it's also something that shouldn't discourage you, right? Like let's just say, you know, you are a bad person. You know, because 
you are bad, you know, that also gives you the possibility of being good. You know, if you feel inadequate, you could also be adequate. There's always the opposite side. And I know we talk about in class that, you know, we have blessings and punishments. And I know recently we were talking about these opposites uh, in class. And, you know, one of the things is blessings and punishments. And, you know, the teacher always tells us, everybody always focuses on punishments and how not to get punished and all this versus focusing on what 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 blessings can happen what kind of blessings and all these all these good things that could happen to you but you know it's things that you have to experience and go through you it does it's not just given to you um and you know the faster you are to realize who you are really and what type of person you are truly the faster you could work up to make yourself and be much better a lot of people i think we talked about this in previous episodes in the last season a lot of people come you know, feel like I don't want to really start this journey because I feel like then I have to give up all my pleasures in life. I have to give up smoking. Maybe I have to like give up drinking, things like that. And they feel like they need to come very, very clean to start this journey with God. And that's not at all. Like it's actually the opposite. You just have to be honest. You have to be honest with yourself and you have to be honest with God. And that's what he means by clean. Not that we are flawless, because he didn't create us that way. And that's not where the journey starts, when we're flawless. It starts exactly when we know that we're wrong. That's when the, when the journey starts. So I think we just have to be a little bit more self-aware and a bit more honest with ourselves and with others and with God. And we, you know, we, we always live our lives somehow like you get into an argument and you feel like you lost something when you admit that you were wrong. You know, people are built to always deny, deny, deny it's somebody else's fault. And the minute you say, yes, I was wrong, I'm sorry, like somehow it hurts us. <laughs> and I feel, you know, you feel like you're losing something. But in here, in this, in this journey, that's the beginning. That's winning. Yeah. And it's not just being honest. It's also being open. You could be honest and not open. <laughs> Nothing is going to to penetrate you. It's um, you know, it's, it's kind of like God's words and this whole Bible study or Bibles in general. Like when I first started going to Bible study, this was prior to COVID. I think my date in the book was like April of two thousand and eight. 19. Mm-hmm. That's uh, when I first uh, attended Bible study, and I know I've spoken about it many times. I would sit in class, front row, and fall asleep. <laughs> it was it was embarrassing. And, you know, what we were saying is, you know, you have this conscience. I remember after class, I would be very nervous to, you know, to look at uh, look at the teacher because I, I'm sure he knew what I did. <laughs> yeah, but, we, we all knew. Yeah, uh, but, you know, that's the thing. Like, you could do something and not be open to it and nothing's going to come in. But once you let your guard down and you're open to other things like there's so much benefit that can come with it um but also if if you already have an idea of what you're wanting or have an idea of how things should play out or made your made up your mind in certain things then of course you will block out other ideas and you know you won't be able to learn something new and you know as helen said you know you do there are there are things that you give up and you know it's not that you give up and things don't get replaced but you know you kind of grow past certain things and you know for 
for all you listeners that don't really know me as well, like before I even started this whole journey,、um, a little bit by myself, I was you know, always living for Thursday nights, like Thursday, Fridays, Saturdays. I'd be out, you know, drinking with my friends. And probably doing some drugs here and there, or、well, maybe not just here and there. Probably pretty often.、Um, and you know, I would say at that time, I thought that that's what I found fun, or or what I did to just fill my time with. And I thought that that would bring me somewhere. And you know, when I first started this whole thing with with June, I would have to say, like, you know, he never forced me to do anything, but showed me a different side. Because、um, I remember when I first approached him, it's actually kind of funny. But I remember I approached him and I was, and I said, "Hey, can you teach me how to dress?" Because、um, I thought he always dressed very nicely. And you know, coming from somebody, you know, I was already in my thirties, and you know, approaching someone like it, it takes some stuff to go up to somebody. Hey, I don't know. Can you please show me? And I'm not sure if that was one of the things he saw back then. But you know, from there, he taught me a lot. He showed me. Why life was more than what I thought it to be, you know. And I actually started to cut out all that stuff on my own, like all the partying, all the drinking, all the drugs, all that stuff. Like I cut out one at a time. And yeah, there was definitely a period of change, but it was something that I wanted to do because if somebody forced me to do it, the results would have been definitely different, right? You could only force yourself to do. Something for so long before you snap and just kind of revert to your old ways. But for me, it was something I saw and understood and was open that hey, maybe this isn't what I thought it would be. And you know, from there, it just it definitely changed my life. Thanks for sharing that. So this was such a big topic, as with most of the questions we address in each episode. I feel like, but we tried to condense it. To the bigger picture, there's so many things that's associated with this particular section of the Bible, because、um, anything in the front of the Bible seems much deeper and bigger. And we tried to touch the surface of it because we're still in the beginning of、um, our our podcast here. But I hope that you guys found that to be helpful. And I also want to mention we've gotten a lot of、um, questions and comments over emails, and I really want to thank some of the listeners for consistently sending us words of encouragement and comments, good and bad. We appreciate them all, and、um, maybe we'll、uh, address some of them going forward. But thank you, and keep them coming, please. Um, and you know, as as we said earlier, this topic it all gets intertwined ultimately, and we will continue to elaborate on them.、Um, but you know, th- please think about this, and then you know, give us some comments, send us some questions. I know some of it was very technical, much more biblical, and hope hope that was interesting to you, and and it was also thought provoking. If there is something that we touched on that you would like for us to further clarify, please let us know. And you know, share any questions you may have.、Uh, please email us at podcastasklifeatgmail.com. At the end of our episodes,、uh, we will share these questions and commentaries with all of our listeners. For now, keep your mind and hearts open, and always ask life. <laughs>